Hello and welcome to the first Burt's Books podcast. My name is Burt and I am the Burt of Burt'sBooks.co.uk and I know what you're thinking, does the world really need another podcast about books? Well the answer is of course yes, there is no such thing as too many books and therefore there is no such thing as too many book podcasts. So what are you going to find in this podcast? Well the idea is that you can, this will be your one-stop shop for all your bookish needs every week. There will be book reviews, there will be special guests talking about their favourite books. I will bring you all of the books news and I'll be unpacking books that I've been sent uh, in the post from authors and publishers so that you can find out about all the exciting stuff that's coming uh, our way in the next few months. I'll also be revealing what's at the top of the charts both nationally and at burtsbooks.co.uk as well as answering all of your burning questions. So I hope you join me every week and if you've got any comments, suggestions or questions then please feel free to contact me. I'm on Twitter, burtsbooks uh, or email me bert at burtsbooks.co.uk Don't forget to like and subscribe. time for me to open up the post and see what I have been sent this week. Now I've not been very organised um, because I've opened everything up already apart from one which is something I've received from Quirkus Books. I tell you what it is lovely it's wrapped in some paper that's got a illustration of uh, the New York City skyline so there's a big uh, Statue of Liberty standing underneath a, a, lo- uh, a slogan that says this is a love story but not the one you are expecting so uh, ripping through that paper like a child at Christmas and what I have got is a copy of In Five Years by Rebecca Searle um, with on the front some lovely quotes from Beth O'Leary and Chloe Benjamin and even more quotes on the back so lots of people are already loving this book Danny Atkins, Heidi Swan, Anthony Harris she wrote uh, The Truths and Triumphs of Grace Atherton one of my favourite books of last year so what is it about? well on the inside it says perfect for fans of Me Before You and One Day this heartbreaking story of love, loss and life will have you questioning everything you thought you knew about destiny Where do you see yourself in five years? Type A Manhattan lawyer Danny Cohen has been in possession of her meticulously crafted answer since she understood the question. On the day that she nails the most important job interview of her career and gets engaged to the perfect man, she's well on her way to fulfilling her life goals. That night, Danny falls asleep only to wake up in a different apartment with a different ring on her finger and in the company of a very different man. The TV is on in the background and she can just make out the date. It's the same night, December 15th, but 2025, five years in the future. It was just a dream, she tells herself when she wakes, but it felt so real. Determined to ignore the odd experience, she files it away in the back of her mind. That is, until four and a half years later, when Danny turns down a street, and there, standing on the corner, is the man from her dream. I'm already hooked on that. I love um, a story with a little bit of a time travel element. So I think that will be a very interesting read. I will read that. Maybe I'll read that this weekend. Um, And I will let you know how I think about it. It's due out in Harback uh, in March 2020. 
uh, it's going to be fourteen ninety nine. Um, oh, and in ah oh, inside we've got a lovely little um, bookmark um, that I I I'm going to use. You probably won't get one, but um, yeah, it's lovely. It's lovely. I will post some pictures on my Instagram later. Uh, Instagram, by the way, is Bert's Books, just like all of my other socials. That covers off all of the book posts this week. Uh, like I said. Um, I kind of already opened it all. But there is one other book that I want to tell you about, which is, let me just reach down here and get it, um, is a hefty book. Look, listen to this. That is um, Grown Ups by Marion Keys. So um, everybody knows who Marion Keys is. Um, but I love her. She's, she's hilarious. And so I'm really looking forward to reading this. It's out on the 6th of February, 2020. Um and i mean it's hefty it's let me have a look this this proof copy that i've got in my hands it runs to 642 pages so it's not the biggest book in the world but it's twice the size of most books that you'll get out there um which is brilliant because you're just going to be in the world for a little bit longer um and it gives you time to understand all the characters just even more so what is it about um well it's about the family called the Caseys. They're a glorious family. Johnny Casey, his two brothers, Ed and Liam, their beautiful, talented wives, and all of their kids spend a lot of time together. Birthday parties, anniversary celebrations, weekends away, and they're a happy family. Johnny's wife, Jessie, who has the most money, insists on it. Under the surface, though, conditions are murkier. While some people clash, other people like each other far too much. Everything stays under control until Ed's wife, Cara, gets concussion and can't keep her thoughts to herself. One careless remark at Johnny's birthday party with the entire family present starts Cara spilling out all of their secrets. In the subsequent unravelling, every one of the adults finds themselves wondering if it's time, finally, to grow up. Uh, okay, so Cara sounds brilliant. Um, You've got to love a woman who will just tell her out like it is, uh, whether that's just through concussion or otherwise. So um, couple that with Marion's uh, unique style of writing. I think this could be a very funny book. What am I hoping for when I read it? Um, honestly, uh, like like I'm always hoping with, with books, I want a bit of diversity in this, um, in, in any way that we can get it. Marion is a mainstream writer, um, in fact, one of the biggest mainstream writers out there. So um, hopefully she's got um, some representation of some uh, different parts of life and they're not all straight, white, um, middle class characters but you never know i mean look even if they are this is going to be a great book i'm sure and you can pre-order it right now on burtsbooks.co.uk and as time of recording there is still one signed copy left to pre-order so log on and get you and guarantee your copy now one of the biggest reasons for starting this podcast is I read a lot of books and I want to uh, want to share them with you. Uh, writing blog posts, I used to do that um, and have done that for about four or five years now. And honestly, I just don't have the time anymore. And I don't think you've got the time to read the blog posts as well because you're reading all the amazing books that are out there. So I figure why not do a little bit of a podcast and I can tell you whilst you're on the train, in the bath, wherever you are listening to this, you can 
find out about some brilliant new books that are coming uh, your way. Um, so one of the first ones I want to tell you about is uh, Home by Sarah Stovall. This one is published by Arenda Books. It's out on the 22nd of January in paperback. You can order it now on birthbooks.co.uk. Um, Sarah Stovall wrote um, a book called Exquisite. Uh, not something I've read, I'll be honest. Um, but it's it's had a lot of praise Um from the likes of Erin Kelly, Julie Birchall, Sarah Pimbra. So um, I went into this with um, high hopes. The blurb says the following. When the body of a pregnant 15-year-old is discovered in a churchyard on Christmas morning, the community is shocked but unsurprised. For she lived in the home, the residence of three young girls whose violent and disturbing pasts have seen them cloistered away. As a police investigation gets underway, the lives of Hope, Lara and Annie are examined and the staff who work at the home are interviewed, leading to shocking and distressing revelations and clear evidence that someone is seeking revenge. Um, do you know what? This this book, um, it, it's brilliant. I loved it. So you, you get various different perspectives uh, in this book. Hope, Lara and Annie, um, obviously the three young girls, but also Helen, the manager of the home that is uh, where they all live. Now, the home itself is uh, a fairly big house. I think it's an, uh, from uh, from memory, it's a manor house that's sort of been converted. It's, it's quite difficult to get to. Um, but there's just these three young girls living there with some of the staff of the uh, the home. They stay there overnight. But Helen herself, she actually only does sort of nine to five um because she's the manager so she gets to she gets to go home every night um do you know what it's it's told the way it's told is so clever because it's told in three different parts you you find out about each of the girls stories and how they've ended up in the home in different uh different ways without revealing too much it, it it's told from a number of different um perspectives as well so you get the third person you get the first person um you've got the the dead character um the 15 year old pregnant girl uh she actually is is telling some of the story as well she's quite omnis omniscient but she also appears um you, you sort of see the story from her perspective uh from when she was alive as well so it, it jumps back and forth but it, it does it in a way that kind of makes sense you you slowly learn the the harrowing truth about these three girls and their lives and um it's it's not predictable at all I, it didn't go where i thought it was going to go you've um and well until right at the very end I, I started i started working out okay i see this now i get it um but there are plenty of little developments all the way through that um will keep you uh, interested and it's a really good read. I read it in about three hours, I think, um, across across one day. So um, a brilliant read. It's out. Uh, it's out next week. Um, so order it now. One of the things I'm going to do as part of the Burt Books podcast is try and answer some of your questions. Um, whether that is a recommendation that you're after for a particular sort of person, um, whether that's uh, when is such and such a book coming out um, or if there's anything else that you want answered about books in general um, I've got one question already uh, I, I put it out on Twitter and asked uh, people for 
their burning questions that they didn't mind waiting a couple of weeks to get the answer to. And Toru in Japan, actually. And I think I'm saying that right. Uh, Toru. Uh, apologies if I'm not. Toru asked, what is that line of numbers that you see at the front of books in on the copyright page? Well, um, imaginatively, that line of numbers is referred to as the number line. And the, what it denotes is um, the print edition of, of the book that you've got in your hand. So if you're looking to find if you've got a first edition or not, this is where you look to um, work it out. Often you will see just the numbers 1 to 10 printed, uh, either sequentially or uh, they will um, alternate. So you might get 1, 3, 5, 7, 9, 10, 8, 6, 4, 2. Um, the reason for, for the numbers is it dates back to the first original printing presses when it was easier to remove something from a, a, a printing plate than it was to add something to it. So um, it was just a, a way of keeping files, of noting when that book was printed. Um, so what you would start off with is the numbers 1 to 10. And then, um, so the first print run would always have the number 1 in it. And then on second print run, they'd scrape off the number 1. Uh, so then you would only have 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2. And so that donated... Uh, it was the second print run of that book. So um, whichever number is smallest, that is the print run that you're looking uh, that of that book. There are a few different variations. Sometimes you'll see uh, maybe one, two, three, four, five, and then um, some bigger numbers like 92, 93, 94. The 92, 93, 94 denotes the year in which um, that was printed. Again, they put a couple on there because they can scrape the 92 off when it comes to 93. It's, it's mostly just kept in from tradition point of view, uh, I think. Um, but it is something to, to look out for. Some books you'll find actually have the words first edition printed uh, on that copyright page, usually somewhere near that number line. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that what you've got in your hands is a first edition. So this is where it gets slightly complicated. So a book might only have 1,000 or 2,000 copies printed in its first print run. Um, but then if it proves to be popular, the publisher will do a second print run. Now, nothing in, those, in the book has changed between those two print runs. So in that case, they will keep the words first edition. They'll only change the word first edition to second edition, third edition, is if something has actually changed within the body of the text. When it's just another print run because they wanted more, nothing's changed, so they still call it a first edition. However, they will scrape off um, that number one from the number line. So it will say first edition, but it won't have a number one, which means it's not actually a first edition in the traditional sense. So if you were to take it to a valuer, they wouldn't, um, they wouldn't accept that as a, as a first edition. So what you are looking for in your hunt for first editions is not the words first edition but in fact the number one within that number line if you have any questions that you would like me to answer um drop me a line uh, i'm on twitter at burt's books or email me on bert at burt's
The next book that I'm going to tell you about this week is Somewhere Close to Happy by Leah Louis. Lewis, um, L-O-U-I-S, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Um, again, another brilliant book. Now, before you start thinking, oh, every book's brilliant, um, I'm not telling you about the books I didn't like. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm not going to tell you about the books I didn't finish. I'm not going to tell you about the books I didn't pick up. Um, so it's a prerequisite that if I'm telling you about the book on the podcast, it's a brilliant book. Um, so what is Somewhere Close to Happy about? Well, the blurb states the following. Lizzie James is happy. She has a steady office job with a steady stream of tray bakes, has had the same best friend since school, and she sees her family every Thursday night for takeaway and trashy TV. Lizzie likes her uncomplicated life. Then a letter arrives one day from her first love, Roman. A letter dated the day he disappeared, 12 years before. As Lizzie uncovers the secrets of the letter, she discovers what really happened the year her life fell apart, and all avenues lead back to Roman. This book, um, you know, I, I, you find yourself um, immersed in it fairly quickly. Lizzie is late twenties, early thirties, and um, one of the, about the same age as me. Um, and one of the first books I've read in ever maybe that I the characters are grown-ups but I actually feel like are of my generation she she talks about things that happened to her in her teenage years and that sort of stuff happened to me and I'm not just talking about the the, the generic stuff that teenagers go through I'm talking about the cultural stuff that um only people who grew up in your generation know about so it, it's actually really relatable as a new adult book I would guess is maybe the phrase of saying it um a lot of books out there at the moment are written by older authors in the politest way of saying that and they they focus on older characters or the characters that they write as uh younger characters maybe aren't as as well drawn because it's not something that they they know um but Leah Louis um has written a character in Lizzie that is very relatable to my age group I think um but also she's got she lives in the real world she talks about EastEnders she talks about other things that are happening in 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 life as we know it so it's not in its own little world um it feels like this actually happened um also the character of Roman um oh do you know what there are some books out there some authors not many where um you can start reading about a character and instantly fall in love with him despite his his flaws one of the which being that he just walked out on lizzie um without a word to her but roman uh, as a young man 12 years ago uh he's um instantly attractive and i i mean that's because you're you're seeing this through the story through the eyes of lizzie who um only really sees him as her best friend um certainly to begin with uh but i think there's a lot of expectation that something more will happen um fairly early on and um he just sounds lovely he's the only one who sort of treats her uh, as a real person only understands anyone who understands what what she's going through um and she's going through a lot she's she's going to a place called the grove which is um it's it's therapy um 
she goes there with lots of other people we don't really go into a huge amount of detail of of why she's there or or even why roman's there it's not really about that it's just they're both they both feel like they're outcasts from society and so um they they bond over that but then he walks out uh he just disappears on um the day that her granddad dies um and and she never knows why and and that's happened to me before um not quite the same thing but i've had somebody i've had people who've who've disappeared um but they're, they're still alive i know where they are but they've just they've just fallen out of my life um and quite suddenly uh so you can kind of um relate to that there's that uh unanswered question of what happened and in this world of you know stories on netflix tv movies books everything is resolved that feels like a big dangling thread uh um and lizzie can't seem to move on she's treading water in her life um while all around her her friends are saying her family are saying do this do that do that and then this letter turns up and she roman suddenly walked back to the forefront of her mind why has this letter turned up now why didn't it turn up 12 years ago and can she solve the mystery of what happened to him i'm not going to reveal the answers to those questions but um do you know what she uses modern technology in a way that um i don't think any of us would be surprised about but you don't really see it in a lot of books um so i think this possibly along with actually last year's um paul burston's the closer i get um they just they just seem to be a, a a new generation of books that are just this is fiction for millennials i guess um there's not because i hate the phrase so i really enjoyed this you're immediately um connected to both lizzie and roman and i think um you want to know what happens to them again i read it fairly quickly um it's out in paperback on the 23rd of January and it will be available to order on burtsbooks.co.uk. So um, definitely have a look at getting hold of a copy for yourself. I would love to hear what you think. That sound means it's time for the news. And uh, this week I'm going to be really selfish and talk about Burt's books. There are two big news stories, three big news stories maybe. Um, uh, the first is obviously the crowdfunder that went live on Tuesday. Um, as I record this, it is Thursday night, um, just shy of £2,000. Uh, if you haven't seen the news, this is about, um, I'm, I'm going to get a real bookshop. So I've been online only for the last nine months, ten months. And for the majority of that time, if not all of that time, I've been trying to find some physical premises. I have found somewhere. We're looking at getting um, some old shipping containers that we will um, convert into um, into a nice little bookstore. And the designer that I'm working with, uh, Howard Taylor at Studio Able, they those guys have done some amazing things with uh, some of this, uh, some of these containers. They aren't 
they're not the big corrugated metal things that you, you're thinking of when you say those words. They are like properly nice buildings that um, can be moved. So um, that's good. Uh, not quite revealing the location yet because uh, a lot of contracts, etc. Uh, not only have they not been signed, they haven't even been written. Um, but the first stage is to get the design done and then go to the landlord. Uh, it was their idea to do it as a um, mobile unit, so I think they are definitely up for this. It's just how we make um, all the little bits of red tape work, I guess. So I'm trying to raise £30,000, that is to make the unit as amazing and booktastic as as possible. If I don't get that money, then, um, well, I'll use whatever I do get to make it a, a bit better. Um, and if I do get the money, if I get loads and loads and loads of money, I will use anything left over to um, help keep things like um, build a bookshelf going. I'll put that money towards helping schools buy books, helping uh, people who can't get easy access to books to get them. Second bit of news is the launch of the Burt's Books podcast. This is what you're listening to now, so you know all about this. Um, I explained what this was at the beginning of the episode, but the idea for this came about when I was um, setting up a new podcast for something else. Um, So the new podcast, third piece of news, is um, going to be called uh, Shelf Life. It will be coming out in around about a month time and in that I will be be, uh, speaking to authors, uh, illustrators, uh, publishers, people within the book trade about the books that are are important to them, that have changed their life and and just finding out a bit more about them, getting some recommendations for some great books. I don't want to say it's Desert Island Discs for books but if that's what you want to think then go right ahead. Uh, that will be coming your way soon. I've recorded the first episode already. It just needs to be edited. Recording two more next week. Um, I've got some good offers lined up for you that hopefully you will enjoy hearing about. So my first guest, my first very special guest this in this podcast is a young man who I know quite well. Um, he's my, he's my cousin. Um, what's your name? Joshua Nixon. Wonderful. You don't have to go that close to the microphone. You can just stay there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and how old are you, Joshua Nixon? Seven years old. Why are you talking in a funny voice? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> it's very nice, though. It's a lovely voice. Um, so, um, have you been at school today? Yes, I have. Did you enjoy it? Yes. Okay. Is that all I'm going to get? No. Okay. <laughs> what did you do at school? Um, had lunch. Oh, good. You like lunch? Yeah. Good. It was fish and chip Friday, like it always is. Oh, I love fish and chip Friday. We used to have fried egg Friday at my place. We used to have <laughs> did a fried. You? Yeah, we used to have a fried breakfast every Friday morning. <laughs> um. So, uh, did you do any reading today at school? Yeah. At school? Yeah. What did you read at school? Um, World Wars Children. The World's Worst Teachers, oh. which I'm reading now. And who's that by? Um, David Walliams. David Walliams. And is it good? Yes! Okay, why don't you tell me how many times you've read it? 
Um, I've read it about 16, 17 times. 16, 17 times. So a it's, lot of times. So you think it's quite good then? Yes. Okay. It is very, very, very good. Why do you like it? Um, because it's by David Williams, and everyone likes David Williams. Well, I think that's fair enough. But um, what what is it about? Uh, it's about teachers. Right. World Wars teachers. Okay, and what do they do? Um, do World Wars things. <laughs> so, um, are there what are the character are, are there character names in this book? Uh, yeah, there's different sections for each teacher. Oh, so it's like a little short story about each teacher, is there? Yeah. Okay. So the first one is Mr. Pence Balls. Pence Balls? Mm. What's, is he a PE teacher? Um, no. Oh, what does he teach? He hates balls, so he's a maths teacher. He hates balls? Yeah. But he's called Mr. Pence Balls? Yeah. No, he's called Mr. Pence. Oh, the story oh. is called Mr. Pence Balls. Mm. That, okay. Right, well, uh... I'll not ask too much about what that one's about. Um, then there's Mr. Lovey-Dovey and Mr. and Mrs. Lovey-Dovey and the Sea of Tears. So there's lots of... Uh, how, how many short stories are in this book? Um, He's counting. Ten. Ten. Wow. Okay. And you've read them all 16 or 17 times? Yeah, about. Okay. And which one's your favourite? Um... Doctor Dread and the Show of a Thousand Parts. Okay, and what's that one about? Um, Bog. Bog? <laughs> a boy called Bog and oh. Doctor Dread. Okay. And why is it your favourite? Um, because Bog puts little boys into eating live tadpoles and <laughs> chocolate balls. <laughs> oh no, that's gross. He puts live, loads of live tadpoles in a jar that is labelled labelled chocolate balls oh. and makes them eat it. <laughs> Gross. So and he empties footballs with... He empties the football and just before break and he fills them with his own farts. Ew! <laughs> Gross! Um, okay, so are there any other... Do you read any other books? Yeah! What other books have you read lately? Um, I've read The Bolds. The Bolds? Yeah. Who's that? They're hyenas. Go and get me that one. Okay. <coughs> okay, take it slightly further away from my face. <laughs> the Bolds. Oh, who's that by? Um, Julian Clary. Oh, I know him. Well, I don't yeah. know him, but I've, I've heard of him. He's from Swindon. Is he? Yeah. It's illustrated by David Roberts. Okay, and what's that book about? Um, hyenas. Hyenas. The Bolds. Okay, and what do they do? They live in Africa, and the actual Bolds, Mr and Mrs Bold, um, they got swallowed up by a crocodile. <gasps> and and that's what... So the... these hyenas take their place. They take their place? Yeah. Oh, so are the Bolds um, real humans? Or are they also hyenas? The bold, the first of Mr. and Mrs. Bold, they were actual humans. Oh, and they've been replaced by hyenas. hyenas were... That's quite funny. Yeah. So do you like that book? Uh, yeah, and they had children. Oh, what were the children called? Um, 
Betty and Bobby. Betty and Bobby, nice. Um, oh, so, the, um, the hyenas' bold names before they were the bold were um, Sue and Spot. Sue and Spot, but now yeah. they're the bolds. Um, Amelia and Fred. Amelia and Fred, very good. So, uh, would you recommend that book to other little boys and girls? Yeah. Because it's scary. It's cool. It's cool. And is it funny? Uh, yeah. Good. Yeehaw! <laughs> um, will you come back in, uh, or will you talk to me again in about a month's time about some other books that you like? Yeah! Yeah? Yay! Brilliant. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. It's nearly time to go, but before we do, it's time to check in with the bestseller charts. These are the best-selling books from across the country, sourced from the Nielsen Bookscan Total Consumer Market Panel Chart. At 10 down free, it's Veg, Jamie Oliver's latest offering. And at 9 down free, it's The Family Upstairs from Lisa Jewell. Two Chubby Cubs from James and Paul Anderson are down 5 at 8. The Pinch of Nom Food Planner is up 12 at 7. That's by Kate Allenson and Kay Featherston. The Binding by Bridget Collins is up 11 at 6. And Their Little Secret, the latest in the Tom Thorne series from Mark Billingham, is new in at 5. Feel Better in 5 is at 4, up 1. And that's from Dr. Ranjan Chatterjee, which is not an easy name for me to say. The Boy, the Mole, the Fox and the Horse by Charlie Maxey is down one at three. And at two and one, it's Kay Featherstone and Kate Allen's The Pinch of Nom 100 Slimming Homestyle Recipes and The Pinch of Nom Everyday Light, who will be at number one next week. There haven't been a huge amount of new books published this week, so there'll probably be a lot of similar titles, but it will be interesting to see whether Pinch of Nom can hold the double again so that's it from the first episode of Burt's Books podcast uh, I want to thank you all for listening I hope that you enjoyed the reviews you learned a little bit from the question and I hope to see you back here next week for even more bookie fun if you've got any questions queries comments drop me a line at Burt's Books on Twitter or Burt at Burt'sBooks.co.uk is the email address and if finally, if you did enjoy listening to this episode, please uh, share with your friends and rate and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. If you didn't enjoy listening to this, just tell everyone you did anyway, okay? See you next week.